Welcome into the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. And now, Kevin Ray. Welcome into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. I am your host. I'm here with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host, and uh, we want to thank you for coming in and spending a little time with us. Uh, it looks like we have a new mouse in here in the uh, studio. I'm pretty excited about that. <laughs> it's a Lenovo. Um, I want to tell you guys how to plug in with us. Uh, we want, number one, we have thehousinghour.com, and that is the mothership of all of our information. There's a really a treasure trove of information that you can locate there. You can go there and share our shows with friends, family alike. It, hey, we want you to spread the good news, and we have a lot of it. So we want you to go there. Also, we're on social media. You can find us on Facebook. Facebook, facebook.com slash the housing hour, as well as Twitter at the housing hour. And Mark is at uh, Pinterest as well, I believe. Totally over it. Totally over it or under it? Over it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, um, I was just discussing Pinterest actually with a couple of uh, gentlemen from the office, and they said they love Pinterest. I just. I, I it, it, hey, you know what? If you need some me. chairs for your dining room table, you that type works. in chairs, tiny, dining room table. It's going to show you an array of options. So, and if you go into Pinterest and type in tax consultant or taxes, you're going to get some information there as well. Mm-hmm. And today we have the tax cat back in studio. We're so very, very thankful. Um, Yvonne, thank you so much for coming back in such short notice. Absolutely. Glad to do it anytime, especially during tax season. Absolutely. Now, the first thing that I want to do is to reference everyone back to the show that we previously did. Um, that was part one, if you will. We, we're going to put the link as well. So if you go right now to thehousinghour.com, if you're listening to this either live or through podcast, you may have to search for it. But you can go there and you can listen to our previous show when Robert Carter, senior loan officer, um, and also Yvonne both, we had them in studio, and you can listen to that show. And that, that show, we covered a lot of topics. We really went um, all the way from the Trump tax plan all the way to what the current state is, some ideas and some suggestions for future state. And so I want to try to keep our conversation as organized as I possibly can. That's, that's not always very easy for me, but um, I want to be able to maximize our time together and get out to the masses is the information the best way possible. And today we really wanted to focus on those individuals who are paid uh, primarily through commission income, because those are such a unique blend of, of individuals. You have loan officers, and we're really focusing on real estate, by the way. Um, you have loan officers, for instance, that are paid W-2, and they are, but they are commissioned. I mean, almost 100% commission. And then you have real estate agents is another one out there. They are absolutely 100% commissions. So it's, it's, it's very important to understand how the laws affect your job and how you can maximize uh, your planning, your tax planning, how it is that you set up your business, your home office, your mileage. I mean, there's just, I mean, the list goes on. She just showed me a flow chart of deductibility of mileage. And it was like a really cool looking chart. It was really neat. Um, but it, there's a lot to this. So why don't we do this? Start off, give us your opening statement and, and sort of give us some of the low hanging fruit that commission employees need to know. 
Well, I am all about low-hanging fruit, especially <laughs> when it comes to taxes. Absolutely. The first differentiating factor in any type of commission pay is whether or not it's happening on a W-2 or a 1099. That's going to affect the tax treatment as well as the deductions mm-hmm. and where they go on a tax return and how all of the tax is computed after those deductions. So if we start with W-2 folks who receive Mm -hmm. commissions and they are taxed as they receive them throughout the year, and the W-2 has withholding in it, when they have expenses, that goes under unreimbursed employee Mm -hmm. expenses for W-2 folks, which requires you to itemize using Schedule A. So the form for that is a 2106, It allows you to deduct various expenses. It could be mileage. Mm -hmm. It could be uh, business use of your cell phone. Mm -hmm. It could be business uh, use of home Internet or other devices that utilize Internet. Mm -hmm. Uh, It could be um, client gifts, which Mm -hmm. are limited to $25 per gift. Per, per respo, uh, yes. that's true. Yeah. Per person. Look at that. She knows the respo laws. That's pretty <laughs> exactly. good. Exactly. Exactly. So we follow that 100% of the time. Right on. Mm-hmm. Right on. I would expect nothing less. That's right. So uh, with those W-2 expenses, again, you need to be able to itemize. Mm-hmm. So we should be looking for mortgage interest, property tax, your sales tax deduction. Um, you can actually deduct Every penny of sales tax that you pay, Mm -hmm. since Tennessee does not have a state income tax, the sales tax is a replacement for that, and you're able to utilize that. Mm -hmm. Well, I always do. I know that there also is the opportunity to just do the standard, like they'll calculate what they think because not everybody's going to add up every single thing that they pay. They pay. I'm, I'm sorry. I know you're probably a lot more organized than I am. Um, but, and I know Mark probably does it, but I'm joking. Mark doesn't yeah. do that. But like, you know, you're talking about when you go down here to the sandwich shop and, you know, you're paying some tax on that, you, that's deductible, that, that little percent, that nine and a quarter percent or whatever. That is, is it, correct. Okay. And there is what they call this safe harbor election, mm-hmm. which allows you to utilize the income in the tax return to generate an amount that comes from a table based Mm. upon the income, the state rate for uh, sales tax, and the Mm. local rate. And then it spits out a number that you can utilize as a flat deduction, again, based upon the income. Okay. Let me ask you before we go on to another topic, what part of your experience, which is, does it err on the side of you're spending more or is it, I mean, how, cause you know, so everybody spends a different amount on different things. So is it sort of in the middle? Is it a fair assessment, the table? I find the table to be low, especially mm. when it's a married couple mm-hmm. and uh, maybe perhaps they have children. And as the number of children go up, the higher the spending, obviously. You're telling me, <laughs> I tell you what, it's unbelievable. These kids. Exactly. Uh, so Interesting. You know, it all depends on the the income and the amount of dependence, but Mm. I do find it to be more advantageous to add up that sales tax. It's a little bit of a pain, but once again, record keeping is your friend to Mm -hmm. hang on to those uh, receipts. I bet you technology can help with this as well, right? As well as those children Mm. that are on that tax return. You can put them on adding up receipts Mm -hmm. and make it uh, part of something that they do. Uh, and keeping track of all that sales tax. Right. Because everyone that is 
spending money, making money. Not everybody thinks about, okay, how can I minimize and pay Uncle Sam the least amount possible? Um, because that's what the the founding fathers wanted or whoever it was that the founding fathers, I don't believe, created the IRS because that's something that came later. But the bottom line was they wanted us to have prosperity. And so the founding fathers would want us, if George Washington was uh, here today, he would want us to consult with the tax cat and get to the real bottom line. Because what I don't think people understand is, and maybe they do, and I'm just beating a dead horse, sorry, PETA, but is that you've got $100 of income, and let's say let's say you have $100 worth of business expenses that you've filed on your 2106 because you had a home office or because you had self a cell phone that you use for business use. So if you decide that you don't want to itemize and you just want to not deal with that, that $100 of income, you're going to be taxed at whatever your tax rate is, 25, 28% or whatever it is. I have no idea. If you are able to show that out of that $100, Seven of those dollars were spent for business use, right? So you're saving yourself basically 25% of the $7. Is that pretty accurate? That's correct. Yeah. That you do incur expenses in which to transact business. Mm-hmm. So if you're you know, entertaining clients or you bought them a gift at the end of the closing, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera, you do have a cost of doing business. Mm. And the only way to show that and then later deduct it is to put it on the tax return. Mm-hmm. Keep track mm-hmm. of it and put it on the return. Exactly. Um, Adam, how much time do we have? A minute and a half. So let's also uh, break down before we set up our second segment. Um, you talked about W-2, and that's sort of where we are right now. We're talking about W-2. Um, these loan officers, they're, they're basically independently owned operators of, of their own business in a lot of ways from a 100% commission. I mean, I was a loan officer for 14 years. I understand you you are going to go out and get paid commissions, and you have to depend on commissions. That's all you get. So you want to try to understand that because you are a business and you're going to be treated differently from a taxing standpoint because you have to you just you just now nailed the, the, the point that I want to try to reemphasize here is that if you have expenses, then you need to consult with if a tax someone like yourself who can help you plan like you do with Robert. You know, you've got him, you know, using the technology and collecting his receipts and all of that. So if you're a loan officer out there listening, you know, you you really need to think through your tax planning. And we're going to talk about 2018 as well because uh, we were talking off air and there's still some things that, that could happen. We're going to get to the bottom line of that. We're going to talk about real estate agents and a lot more right after these messages. I look incredible. I'm in this big and cold from that thrift shop down the road. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. This is Kevin Ray. I have the gavel today. And I am um, actually holding a great court here with Mark. He's on his phone over here. I don't know what he's doing. I'm just coordinating the show. <laughs> You're coordinating the show. He's he's pre-producing the show over here. Well, we're we're thankful. That's right. We're thankful for you guys coming into the housing hour. Um, really. Uh, Actually, a very exciting show. Some people might not think talking about taxes is exciting, but when it has to do with um, 
the bottom line and what it is that you can do with the money that you make, then I think it's very exciting. Um, we have Yvonne uh, Couts with us today. Uh, the tax cat is the way I know her. I don't even know Yvonne. I know the tax cat, right? <laughs> so um, she she's here today with us. Um, she is uh, so nice to, to bring her skill set back into the studio. I know she's very busy, extremely busy right now. Um, and, you know, she's doing a great job. So we were talking about W-2 income. And I don't want to leave and go to the realtor and the person who gets paid 100% commission through a 1099, I guess, mm-hmm. Just okay. yet, um, I want to finish off this uh, loan officer conversation. So, current state, they're able, as you said, to file the twenty one oh six Schedule A. Right? Is that what you said? That's correct. And they're able to offset their income by their business expenses. Um, that could be mileage. That could be. And there's rules about the deductibility of mileage that you need to understand. You need to talk to um, Yvonne about that. There's also uh, business expenses as it relates to home office. You also have, like you mentioned, cell phone, all these different things, a lot of different things. Um, and also just keep this in mind, loan officers. If you do this stuff on your own and you start throwing mileage in there, you start doing a home office and the square footage and all that stuff, and the um, tax, the deduct, the deduction is sort of, I don't want to say uh, off off for what the normal is. You set yourself potentially not not saying you're going to get audited, but there's some ab- maybe some abnormalities if you're not doing it right. And that, I mean, that's a huge deal. If you get audited as a loan officer or anybody, that's not fun, right? Or is it fun? That's correct. <laughs> For you, maybe. You've actually, I do enjoy uh, dealing with various IRS issues, yeah. such as examination, mm-hmm. appeals, et cetera. So, for me, it's a treat, mm-hmm. but obviously for the taxpayer, maybe it's a trick for the loan officer. <laughs> well, definitely. she's charging by the hour, too. So. <laughs> Might definitely not be such a fun joyride. Uh, but again, huge part of the issue is do your homework. Mm-hmm. You know, if you are a person that prefers to self file, make sure that we check into all of the IRS publications and make sure that we understand Mm -hmm. deductibility uh, of mileage and home office, all the requirements that are uh, needed for that, um, or consult a tax professional. That's what I have a license for. Mm -hmm. So uh, is to be able to properly guide taxpayers in utilizing such deductions. Mm -hmm. There is a taxpayer bill of rights out there And these are your rights as taxpayers to utilize these deductions that are out there. There's nothing illegal about them. Mm -mm. They are in the tax code. It is simply your responsibility to utilize them because you are to pay the correct amount of tax is the bottom line. But I have a question as far as these deductibilities. And changes from Trump's, you know, the tax plan. How is there a site you can go to find out what's used to be and what is? IRS.gov. I'm just you know, I mean, because you know, you get used to an old pattern, and all of a sudden it's changed. How do you know? Like an infographic, like big graphs and stuff. (laughs) He needs that. I mean, I do too. There's a lot of news articles available about out there about the difference between 2017 tax law and 2018 and what's changing. Mm -hmm. However. I would always go uh, straight to the IRS to get that kind of technical Mm. guidance. And they have 
uh, stated that they will not have any technical guidance available until June 30th mm. of this year with regard to the new taxation mm-hmm. that is uh, you know, going to be hitting our 2018 tax returns. Yeah. So subsequently, it's a message of stay tuned. Mm-hmm. They've got to do all the fine print work. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of businesses out there, too, that might either have a loan officer or uh, well, it doesn't matter who they are, but they're paying them W-2, but they're paying mm-hmm. them mostly commission. And and the, the companies I've heard from the various networking events that I've been to that they're struggling with, like, for instance, um, their advertising budget, as an example. And these are big questions, you know. What do we do? Do we charge everything through the company and then um, have it reimbursed back to the employee? Because that way, you know, you're taking some sort of liability away from the loan officer. They're getting some sort of deduction. So there's all these questions swirling and swirling and swirling. But specifically for a company who um, does have people that are, are, are putting in for reimbursements, for instance, then that no longer goes under the 2106 because you're being reimbursed for it. That's correct. Right? Any type of expense that is being reimbursed to you in any form or fashion, whether it's uh, partial amounts on mileage, it could be half of your advertising budget, it could be uh, a small portion of your cell phone bill cannot be deducted on the tax return if mm. there's any reimbursement involved at all. So, like, for instance, if, if someone... Let's say they do that, and then we take the rest out of their commissions. You see what I mean? Like they've, they spend this much money on, I'm saying this hypothetically, they spend $1,000 on a billboard or whatever. And then rather than them just going and paying for it directly to the vendor, they want to put it through our company to have it come out of their commissions, which would be better for them in a, in a situation like that. Cause that happens for realtors too. And we'll talk about realtors in a minute, but you know, do they just go to the vendor and pay the thousand dollars or do they go and they have it come bring it out of their commissions, which is better for them? I would say the direct pay is a more cleaner mm-hmm. type of transaction with the money changing hands only one time right? Uh, from the loan officer directly to the billboard company. Mm-hmm. And then they receive the receipt for that expense and claim it on their return. Okay. Cause if, if what you're saying, not if what you're saying, what you are saying is that if a loan officer um, goes directly to the billboard company and pays the thousand dollars, then they will then in turn be able to file that as an unreimbursed business expense. Now that's current state. Well, let's talk about 2018 state potentially. That billboard signs $1,000. They pay it directly. They get the receipt for it. Well, they're not going to be able to deduct that potentially, right? That is correct. In the new tax reform, Mm -hmm. the entire miscellaneous deduction section from Schedule A has been stricken. Mm. So far, you said that that word stricken is stricken. They stricken. Okay. (laughs) Yes. The gavel comes down. (laughs) Uh, But the important point is tax legislation is a moving target at Mm -hmm. all times. Mm -hmm. Therefore, don't stop. That's why they need Dick Cheney (laughs) up there still. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Do not stop keeping track of your expenses. As I have said on the last previous show, it ain't over. 
to the mm. tax lady saying. <laughs> the, the tax cat and sings. At this, yeah. and, and in this rate, it would be, it ain't over till the IRS sings. Right. And or also, till Trump sings. And that we may have uh, a potential situation. Tax extenders are usually dealt with. Tax matters are dealt with usually in December of each year. Then certain things can get passed or remedied or changed Mm -hmm. all in a very, you know, day or two, it can completely change. Okay. Let me ask you this then. If, and I don't mean to point the gavel at you, but I'm just, if in fact this holds and the stricken uh, part of that schedule A2106 is, it stays stricken. I don't know if that's the right way to say that, but if that happens, then going back to my analogy about the thousand dollar billboard in that case, it may be better for them from a tax liability standpoint to have it come out of their commission because it's pre-tax, right? Correct. Put you in a quandary a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. Because we don't know what's going on with this legislation for sure. And there's no way to go back retroactively and fix that. Actually, you can oh. amend a tax return should, in fact, they change the law mm-hmm. and make it retroactive to the beginning of 2018 that W-2 employee expenses are, in fact, includable on an 18 return, mm. you can go back and amend it. That's but why th- can you amend the bookkeeping piece of that? You know what I mean? Because it's coming out of their commissions, and we can't go undo that. Correct, but they would still show that that was withheld from the commission and subsequently mm-hmm. a deductible expense. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, that's that's actually pretty interesting because that's the talk of the town right now in, in a lot of a lot of corners, and everybody's very concerned about it, and rightfully so. Um, nobody likes change, you know, and I think change is, is inevitable in any walk of life, um, but you just have to sort of embrace it and understand it and talk about it, and that's what we're doing here. And get the tax cat yeah. on your corner. Yeah. See, I don't, I don't want to inundate her because I promise you that we could do that very easily, you know? Um, which maybe she you're can okay refer. Maybe she, you could hire some folks. I don't know if we're. I'm game. Yeah, we could. She's we game. Can That's why she's here. Oh, that's right. To well, help, guys. The music's coming a little bit loud, and Adam's telling me to go. So we'll see you right after these messages. Young, young, dumb and broke. Young, dumb, broke high school kid. Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. Kevin Ray here. Uh, This show is brought to you by Mortgage Investors Group, MIGonline.com. Find us there, or you can call 1-800-489-8910, get you connected with a trusted advisor nearest you. Uh, And thank you for coming into the Housing Hour. We have today on the show Yvonne um, Kautz with... The, she's the tax lady. That's how I know her. Okay, she's the five star uh, general. What is the what is your what is your company again? It's five star tax. Five star tax. Well, it looks like you forgot for a minute. That's okay. I forgot. <laughs> the technical name is five star holdings. Five star holdings. Uh, since we do more than tax at our office, right? So we do bookkeeping, payroll, uh, small business services as well. I mean, how many? If you don't mind me asking, if it's not too personal, how many employees do you have? We have three right now. And you. Guys- but you're maximizing your time 
I mean, I think that's amazing because with the technology that we have today, you can do maybe not a lot more, but you can be some more efficient. You can be so much more efficient and get the job done of three people that normally would have taken maybe five or seven people. I mean, that's what's happening these days. Um, not, not so much at MIG because we don't want to try to do the loan the cheapest way you can do it. We want to do what's best for the customer. And if that means putting a processor in every branch, which we do, that's what we do. And underwriter if needed. So anyway, got off to, to a tangent there. Um, but back to talking about commissioned employees. So we're going to um, segue now over to the 1099 individual who does a Schedule C. Uh, in our previous two segments, if you're just ch- uh, checking in with us, we talked about that individual who gets 2106 Schedule A, who's paid W-2, who files their um, tax returns uh, through their unreimbursed business expenses. We, we dove really headfirst into the question of 2018. Right now, it's been stricken. The 2106, you can no longer do that according to current state legislation. But on June 30th, the IRS explains that, well, they didn't say it like that. They just said they will not give any technical direction until june 30th is all of that true so far ma'am that is for the record just speak into the mic okay i'm just kidding (laughs) i'm just kidding so now we want to transition because there's a lot of our friends who are in this industry who are real estate agents that are paid straight up 1099 there's no you know there's no w-2 involved they just get 1099 and then then there's schedule c involved that hasn't been stricken has it (laughs) (laughs) no it has not and that's a common question where we're dealing with two different animals Mm -hmm. the w-2 folks which we've already discussed Mm -hmm. who have to itemize and use 2106 for those expenses and the schedule c is a completely different animal Mm -hmm. that's a 1099 that's issued for the gross commissions that are received then those taxpayers are able to deduct all of their expenses off the top. So they deduct all of their eligible expenses, and the bottom line of that Schedule C is going to be subject to self-employment tax of 15.3% to cover Social Security and Medicare tax. But don't forget, you're also paying regular income tax on, top on of whatever that. that bottom line is. So you could be in the 15% bracket mm. and be paying tax on the income. And then you have the self-employment tax that's added mm-hmm. as well. So basically what you have here is that a real estate agent who is out there selling their selling homes, listing homes, they're going to have an assortment of things that they have to pay. I mean, it, it, the list is pretty long. But you mentioned eligible items. I would direct you to irs.gov to find out those specifics or maybe your website. I don't know. But I would say IRS would be a good place to start. Um, but you're going to your basic common sense things, your cell phone, you know, your car, your mileage. I mean, there's there's many, many, many things. And for some people that are listening, some real estate agents, you know, they really do a great job sheltering themselves because they're running their own business. I mean, they have marketing expenses. They have to pay their broker for usage of their, you know, their materials and so forth. And there's a, a, a range of different ways that these different brokers are set up as well. You have some that are paid on a percentage of closings. You have some that they don't pay any money whatsoever as long as they close a certain amount. There's just a variety of different and ways. 
have teams. Some have so, teams. You know, so that commission is being shared with others, perhaps. Uh, I don't know how that works. Yeah, right. Well, I know that that you know at MIG we always you know we all we have that issue as well in yeah. some regard. Um, but it's all documented. You know, that's that's how. But we it's do like it. they're self-employed. It's like they're self-employed. So let me circle back to you with your with your point. Um, 15% that they have to pay. Is that what you mentioned for the self-employed tax? 15.3. Okay. Plus, on top of that, they're also going to have what their regular income tax is, right? That's correct. So the, the tax planning that goes along with self-employed individuals, and I am speaking from the heart, I've been self-employed for many years, mm-hmm. uh, it takes a lot of tax planning. Mm-hmm. We have to be assured of um, <clears throat> either making estimated payments if we're fully self-employed or if you're still working a W-2 job. I have realtors who do that, that mm. still work a small uh, job mm-hmm. uh, with a W-2 that you can either over-withhold in that W-2 vehicle in lieu of making estimated payments, but your estimates better be right mm. to make sure that you are paying in enough tax. Should you have a liability at the bottom line of the tax return that's greater than $1,000, you will be subject to IRS penalty for not paying in on the quarter or when those monies were earned. Well, that's just something else. We, the, I get back more money than I should ever so get if, back. If, so they're penalizing us for that. That's not fair. It seems like they should pay you interest if it's over a that's thousand right. that they're holding. George Washington would not be okay with that. <laughs> that would be a thousand dollars that they owe. Right. But if yes. you, if you pay in more than a thousand dollars and you get more than a thousand dollars back at the end of the year, they should pay you interest. Right. Over a thousand dollars. What's fair. It's, we wish. I know. Yeah. I know. Right. I know. Exactly. That's not, it's not fair, but life isn't fair. So it doesn't matter. Um, so, well, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, it actually does because they want to, tr- in their defense, they're trying to help teach people the best way to plan tax plan. And, you know, sometimes that's done through consequences, unfortunately. Um, but so let's also talk about the realtor for 2018. So 2017 is kind of what we were talking about. You mentioned on our show and I've had several people mention it. You, there's something that's new that might help a, a realtor or maybe it's reemphasizing back to the basics i don't know but talk about that piece yes correct so in our new 2018 legislation there is a new deduction called the qbid which is the, the what qualified- qbid Cubid. <laughs> like the little game that we used to play? Oh, right? That was Cubert. I, <laughs> I don't remember. Cubid, like Q-B-I-D? Yes. Okay. Q-B-I-D. Okay. Uh, so unfortunately, not the cute little Cubert guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do remember I him. I used to love that game. <laughs> I did as well. Uh, but it's a new deduction uh, that can be utilized in the Schedule C, mm-hmm. and especially for realtors. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a 20% deduction. Uh, on the income. Now, we have not seen any technical information on this, uh, but the National Association of Realtors fought very hard to get realtors included in this group mm-hmm. that would be then eligible for the QBID deduction. 20% on the gross? Uh, it would be uh, 20% of the business income earned by this type of uh, entity. So gross is right. Mm-hmm. So okay. it would be gross, gross. And that would help them because it would allow them to get wow. down to zero quicker. <laughs> so you, you're allowed to take the deductions and yeah. then get a tw- this 20% before you take the deductions. 
Yes. And yeah. at, at least what we know at this point, again, mm-hmm. no technical guidance right. until June. The We're 30th. talking hypothetically here, mm-hmm. right? Correct. But remember, whenever you are a self-employed individual, taking mm-hmm. your income down to zero and not paying any self-employment tax mm-hmm. is not a smart move. Mm. Meaning you then have no credits. What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what you mean. <laughs> then you have no credits in the Social oh. Security and Medicare systems for having worked for yourself. Mm. That's a that's a very serious issue because everyone tends to concentrate on Social Security being about the end of the rainbow when you're 66 years old mm. and able to take your monthly payment. It's not about that. It's about disability. If you are to become disabled at any point, all of us would be down at the Social Security office Mm -hmm. applying for. And you have to have credits. That's correct. Oh, that's a big deal. So, what's CUBID stand for? It is the Qualified Business Income Deduction. And those are realtors are one set that who we're talking about um, is uh, truck drivers. Are they part of that? As it's well? all going back to uh, the issue of non-personal service businesses. Mm-hmm. So you've got personal service is obviously one involving performance of services in fields such as healthcare, law, mm-hmm. consulting, athletics, financial services, mm-hmm. brokerage. And any business where the main asset is the reputation or skill of one or more of its employees or owners. So why wouldn't loan officers, because of the fact that they're paid W-2, that then just automatically takes you out of the eligibility because you're W-2? Game changer. Game changer. And so Cubert would not apply. Cubit, I mean. Cubit. So, I mean, what an interesting name. So we're going to, we have one more segment. I wish we had four more segments. But we have one more segment. Join us right after these messages, and we'll continue with the tax cap. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. I want to mention to you that we have on the show today uh, Yvonne Kautz, and she is uh, a consultant. I don't know what your official. You call your you're a tax planner. You're a tax. You're an accountant. What are you officially? My official IRS license is enrolled agent, uh-huh. uh, which is the only federally issued tax uh, practice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's cool. So. We have her on the show, and I want to tell you guys, this is really amazing that she has taken the time because her time is valuable, and we appreciate so very much her giving it to us. And we didn't we talked about her her time spent um, educating and helping like veterans and folks who are you know serving our armed forces, um, and that's something to really uh, be proud of. Just to to know that there's somebody out there in our community that's doing that. I think that speaks volumes about Knoxville, and that we have been able to raise up an individual like Yvonne who who actually thinks out of the box like that. I don't know that there's many people doing it, but regardless, um, she's an important piece of the puzzle here. I want to point you also to the Housing Hour. Where we did have her on segment number or show number one, where we talked a lot about general 
uh, tax planning, just general tax questions. And so you can find that on the housinghour.com. Uh, if you go, if you're listening right now live on uh, News Talk 98.7, you can go find that link. If not, I'm sure they can just Google it or go to our go to our site, right, Mark? And we call it the Tax Cat Series. The Tax Cat Series. So you can there's a banner that's swiveling across the top. It'll swivel. It'll swivel or whatever. Slide, glide, swivel. It is a slider. Swung, whatever. Um, we were talking in the previous segment. We only have short time here we're left, so I need to stop talking. I have that issue sometimes. But we're talking about 1099, Schedule C, and we were talking about just now off air about how realtors might be doing their taxes. Maybe we don't know how they're doing it, but a couple of suggestions. One of the suggestions is to maybe create their own S-Corp or their own limit, their own LC or some other type of entity to help talk just like big picture why would somebody do that it mainly comes down to managing the tax liability Mm -hmm. as far as making estimated payments taxpayers have to be very disciplined to do that uh, on the quarter and for some it's not a workable situation it could be cash flow Perhaps they have a large family and they are the only income earner and therefore the tax payments get pushed back to the, uh, you know, absolute last on priority. Mm -hmm. And subsequently, then it comes down to a crisis when it's time to file the return. So once that income keeps growing and getting bigger and getting bigger, you do need to consider other uh, entities that may work for your particular situation better. Mm. If you worked on a W-2 previously, and that's what you know, and it's what you're accustomed to, you pay your tax along the way, it works for you, and then all of a sudden you come to the 1099 world, and it is quite a different animal to keep up with, make tax payments, etc. cetera. Uh, sometimes you need to look at a different way to Uh, handle the income and expenses of that company, Mm -hmm. removing it from a Schedule C and creating a new entity such as an LLC, an S-Corp, or C-Corp. It could be a partnership as well. All the taxation in those various entity styles are completely different. Mm -hmm. So definitely get in touch. Mm -hmm. Glad to help you with looking at the various differences between those businesses there's a lot of vehicles well their agents have grown i mean it's not just a solo act anymore Mm -hmm. a lot of them have assistants two or three assistants or they pick up other real estate agents on their team so they're like a little corporation Mm -hmm. yes they're a company already Mm -hmm. and it's very important to make the right choice at the time of forming that to make sure that the taxation will be handled correctly And planned for Mm -hmm. correctly as far as if you're an S-Corp and being paid on a W-2, the entity is then paying one half of your Social Security and Medicare tax and you're having the other deducted like in a normal W-2 situation. Mm -hmm. For some people that works very well because it's what they're used to with W-2 and they're paying their tax Every single time they get paid instead of saving it for a quarterly situation and making an estimated payment. And then that would prevent maybe that uh, fine or penalty from happening. Are penalties tax deductible? They are not. (laughs) They're not. See there, they get you from every side. So um, 
the S Corp, you just grabbed one vehicle and talked about it. There's like you mentioned, and we don't have time to go through each one, but you mentioned LLC, S Corp, C Corp, uh, C Corp. Yeah, exactly. There's many different vehicles that you can utilize, and a partnership was another one. So there, there, there is uh, consulting that needs to occur. Um, if you're the Holly McCrae's of the world, you know we had Holly on the show. You know, I know she's been down this road and those individuals. Hey, and guess what? Another thing as a realtor, that would be fantastic. You guys have some of the best networking and community out there. You know, if you're if you're nervous about how you should do it, you know, talk to your broker about it. Maybe they can give you guidance. Talk to Yvonne about it. She can give you some guidance. There are people out there that can help because this is important. This is vitally important. Um, I also wanted to talk about while we're thinking through this 1099 um, question, because there's a, there's a lot of people that are out there that are thinking, well, I'm not a realtor. How does this apply exactly to me? It does apply to you in some instances. For instance, you just explained who's eligible for Cubid was individuals whose reputation was um, potentially affected by something. I can't remember exactly what you said, but that's a that's a bigger than just a realtor, right? That's correct. Yeah. <clears throat> so there's many different moving parts. Consulting is another one. Exactly. Exactly. And also I am developing through my education foundation a new training course uh, that uh, I'm planning on offering to uh, realty brokers mm. on all of the new legislation and the basic rules of Schedule C, now the new Qubit deduction, etc. Very mm-hmm. important for people to understand all of the underlying rules plus the new stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, if you are looking at mileage deductions, you've got to understand what mileage is deductible and mm-hmm. what isn't your foundation has to be there in order to make sure that your tax matters are be are being handled correctly oh. and that you understand them in addition to reporting it correctly on the income tax return mm-hmm. uh, if you work out of a broker's office and don't have an office at home then you are not able to deduct all of your mileage because mm-hmm. the mileage from home to the realtor's office is considered commuting Mm -hmm. and not deductible. Exactly. So you've got to know the ins and outs. Yeah. You got to know the ins and outs. And you know, if, if there is, and actually this is a question, if you are 1099 schedule C, but there's any, let's say that there is something that's reimbursed by the broker, whatever it may be. I don't know. I don't know if this even happens, but I'm just thinking, throwing it out there. Maybe it's for um, flyers. Maybe you pay for part of your part of your deal with the broker is that they provide all the marketing materials, and, and that could be print, that could be um, digital, whatever. You pay it out of your pocket, and then they reimburse you because time is of the essence, and you just need to get it paid. And then you, you as the 1099 Schedule C filer, went to your broker and said, here's you can't double dip is what I'm getting at. That's exactly correct. Any Donald type. Trump himself will come to your office if you do that. <laughs> and you don't want that. 
Absolutely not. Absolutely not. The issue is any type of un, excuse me reimbursed expense. Say uh, your medical insurance pays mm. you back on a claim, mm-hmm. or in this situation where we're talking about business expenses, if you seek reimbursement from your broker, mm-hmm. it's not a deductible expense mm-hmm. from you. Meaning, you would need to keep all of your pay stubs coming from the broker through the year on all of the 1099 income that you receive to show the deductions that were taken out of there or the Uh, reimbursements that were put in so you can properly account for what you actually received in money, whether it was commissions, it's reimbursements, or any additional expenses. Adam said there's one minute left. I I don't think he needs to look at his clock because that went by very fast. (laughs) Um, I wanted to get into some other things. We're just going to have to have series number three, uh, get show number three fired up because, and I hope that this is something that um, you enjoy, Yvonne, because I know I do. It's so important for people to understand what it is that's happening. And your time with us has been invaluable and we appreciate the education. It's really something that we can't tell you how much we value it. Thank you so much. It's my honor to serve. Absolutely. And thank you also to Mark and also Adam and all of the people who are listening. Thank you. Um, from the bottom of our hearts. We hope you're having a great day. We'll see you next time right here on The Housing Hour. That's The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray for today. Join Kevin and his guest each week at this time to keep up with the why and why not you need to know, so come here to find out. Also, check us out at thehousinghour.com. This show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group.